What's up, everyone? We're back for another week of Locked On Boxing. What could be a big week for the Bucks? We've got some injury updates to come as well. There was a great story that dropped today on Giannis. So we're going to talk about the miracle that is the knee of Giannis. And then the, the struggles continue in the third quarter. We've got further numbers to discuss uh, there. And then the return of Brook Lopez continues. Pat Connaughton was back in the lineup. So point being, we've got plenty to discuss on this show today. So let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN and joining me from the Bucks Radio Network, uh, long-time co-host on this podcast with myself, Justin Garcia. Uh, you're in a different room there, Justin, and I just need to ask right off the top, that sign behind you, very <laughs> now, now as you're sitting here, looks like you. Is that you? <laughs> no, that is not me. Uh, I am at my desk at the radio station in between shows and it is a... Uh... It's an old Corey Hart picture for We Heart Milwaukee. Back well, in, I love uh, it. I love it. Well, like 10 years old already, it's got to be. Well, uh, as always, we thank you for making Locked on Bucks your first listen of every day. We really appreciate it. Now, yesterday, uh, normally we have a podcast on Monday. That's my fault. I got caught up with some other work stuff. I had Justin teed up. Justin was freaking out about this Arizona basketball game, and we were going to have one of the great podcasts because he was going to be super fired up, but we didn't get back to it. Uh, but while we're speaking of Milwaukee, I, it just reminded me, I'm drinking from this. Look at this. Look at this glass I'm drinking from here, Lakefront Brewery. So I actually found some tokens laying around. And to, to people that haven't been to Milwaukee and don't know what I'm talking about, just completely disregard this. But uh, these tokens lying around everywhere. So that's just another reason why I'm going to get back uh, to Milwaukee. But let's start with Giannis today. A uh, story dropped from The Athletic as I was waking up here in Australia. Sam uh, Amick, who does obviously great stuff with The Athletic. And I, I think he's based in Sacramento. I, th I, I think yeah. that's that's the story. So uh, he caught up with Giannis and he's had a couple of decent stories there on Giannis. Of course, we prefer our man, Eric Name, to be getting the exclusives, but we'll take it from Sam. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I just wanted to talk. And look, we understand you know, what happened with Giannis and the knee injury and the postseason and then what followed after that. Giannis went into some detail about this knee injury. And, and honestly... Not a lot of it makes sense to me, but he said there was some sort of something missing, something injured, something could have happened. But the point of this story is that regardless of what the actual injury is, and I'll be honest, I spoke about it last week. People know I've got extensive history with ACL injuries. I've never heard of a ligament that can protect that or that's not something that I'm familiar with, but we'll take Giannis for his word here. But the point being that we all saw what happened in that game in Atlanta. And uh, I think it, is very easy to come to the conclusion that there is no way any human should have been playing a game of NBA basketball days later, let alone doing what he was doing. Yeah, I, I'm with you where I saw the headlines. I haven't had a chance to, to dive into the story yet, but I saw the headlines and you saw the, the excerpts from it of uh, what you just mentioned of, yeah, I was dangerously close to basically being shut down for what two plus years with that. And, 
the way that the the headlines made it sound too, like basically being done with basketball. I I've never, I'm not a doctor. I'm not even close to a medical professional. So same as you of like, I didn't know about that, not ligament, but whatever he was referring to that that could basically ruin everything. But it doesn't surprise us that, you know, when, as you mentioned, you saw the injury in Atlanta and I think we all kind of feared the worst of not only is he done for, the playoffs, but he's got to be done for all of next year. And then as you got closer to the finals and you heard the rumbling of he's going to try to play, thought it was kind of ridiculous. And, and when he was out there on the floor in game one, you were still kind of stunned to see him. And, and I don't know about you. I think we talked about this last year during the finals, but it was nerve wracking game one where the Bucks lose the game and, and seeing him out there and, and seeing him start. And there was one very similar play early in that game, too, where there was traffic around the rim and he went up to to protect the rim where anytime he came down, you were it was nerve wracking. It's like, oh, no. Um, and it seemed like midway through game two, that all kind of dissipated. But I know in that story, too, and I saw the clips, there's a few of those plays that were spotlighted of, yeah, see right here. And you could see Giannis's reaction, too. And uh, none of it surprises you, but it, it just, you know, the nickname is so apt for him that the way he came back from that, the way he bounces back from an injury like that, and oh, by the way, scores 50 points, what, 10 days later and closes out the finals. I mean, he really is a freak of nature, and it it just shows you how difficult it is to win a championship and how close you are every year and, and how much it is really on a razor's edge where – if he's lost for the remainder of the season, the Bucs don't win a championship last year. If he's lost this year, they're not contending for a championship this year. And you think about Atlanta saying, man, we could have been there and, and Phoenix and what that means for him, how much one thing like that can decide the future for a handful of other teams in this league. And you're just fortunate that guy is on your side. Well, there's no question. And we saw it a year uh, earlier. Well, it wasn't quite a year earlier, but in, in the playoffs the season before where Giannis also had an ankle injury and we understand the way that he plays basketball and we've said this before but if you ever want to hear two grown men uh thinking about the future and and watching this basketball team without Giannis and concern for this man's health go back and listen to the podcast after game four because the discussion that Frank and myself were having was as you pointed to it wasn't just about this postseason run in fact we'd basically written it off and we said look maybe the Bucs can beat the Atlanta Hawks with the guys they have that proved that they did uh but they, they wouldn't win the NBA finals. And what happens if you can't play at all the next season? And then facing that as, as a prospect was the, was the scariest thing. But I, but I, I think I, it's, I go on. No, I, I was going to say, I mean, I, to that point, I remember we had the conversation within the radio booth after the game and, and you and Frank talking about it and everybody that you talked to about it, it was the same conversation of you can be, you can beat the Hawks. You're, you're not going to, beat the Suns without Giannis and then the conversation steered towards man like do you even want to make the finals if he can't play in it and the disappointment of yes you reach the NBA finals but it 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 feels you don't want to take away from it but in a sense it would feel kind of hollow that you know we're going there to lose if we don't have number 34 and and just how all of that changed a day before game one where the build up and then yeah he's going to play tomorrow and it was just unbelievable well, it's all part of the story as well. And that's why I think Bucks fans, and certainly on this podcast, and I've said it before, sometimes, you know, I sometimes I, I get accused of being too positive and not, you know, worried, being too worried. And that's just naturally the way I am. But it also is because what we saw was a miracle. We saw it. 
And it was also something that I never thought that I was going to see in my lifetime, even going back a couple of years ago before Giannis came here. But the craziest thing for me is the is the mental side of this. And part of the story was Giannis saying, well, I'm just not going to feel pain. Now, I'm paraphrasing a little bit there, but that's kind of the, the mindset that he's had throughout this. And and I remember we were in the, the press conferences during the NBA finals and he wasn't saying anything. And you're watching this guy and you can see that he's very clearly in pain, but he refused to admit it. And this idea that you can just put pain to the side and say, no, I'm not going to feel that is complete madness. And again, shows that this guy is just completely different. Now he's pointed back to uh, his upbringing and everything that he went through there and his parents and why have feeling a little bit of pain on the basketball court is nothing compared to what they went through, which uh, obviously I can't understand. But when he says that I, we all know the story. It does make some sense, but being able to actually still physically do what he did in those games and even game one, I, what, what did he have? Like 20 points, 16 rebounds, 20 points, 20 yeah. rebounds, whatever it was, uh, was insane in itself. But the idea of just saying, no, nah, I'm not going to feel this, that my knee just nearly snapped clean in half three days ago is just ridiculous to me. And again, just shows that this guy is, uh, I know it's very cliche and everyone says it, but he is literally just different to anyone else in the league. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it, it almost, I mean, I, we obviously feel this way around these parts, but um, it, it almost also speaks to Giannis basically becoming Teflon where, you know, I had talked to about him coming back from that injury in the finals that basically he is Teflon and, and he can, he he's built up all the goodwill in the world as if he didn't have enough already. And then, he scores 50 in the clinching game to win a championship. And it's this guy, everything he does is fine from here on out. But when he, before the season began, and I think it was in a story with Eric talked about the pain that he was going through in the finals last year and dealing with that, that's something that with most other stars and the way that we view them, you read something like that and you just kind of roll your eyes of like, yeah, we get it. You don't need any more sympathy. Like, Sure, it's it's adding more to the narrative of, yeah, well, here's what made it even more difficult, and this is why it's even more amazing. But when he says it, you're just like, yeah, I, I believe it. It seems sincere. And the fact that he came back from that, I 100% believe that he was dealing with pain. I have no idea how he compartmentalized it to the to the degree that he did and was able to block that out and be as active in those games as he was. And you, we mentioned it in, in passing, too, of the stat line that he had in, in game one of the finals just – Oh, by the way, he, you know, he did this against the Suns in game one of the finals with 20 points. And uh, I think he had 20 rebounds or close to yeah. 20 points and 17 yeah. rebounds that, oh, by the way, he did this in game one a week or roughly a week after it looked like his knee exploded. That, I mean, that to me is even more remarkable that not only did he come back and play in that series, but that he was as effective as he was in the first game of that series. And then, it went from just being better than okay and able to stay on the floor to dominant for the last basically five games of that series. I think he scored 30 plus in, in four of the final five of that series that he just went to a whole nother level where at first it was kind of like, I'm sure part of it for him was I got to make sure that I can do this and, and hit these levels that he knew he could play, but I got to make sure I can do everything I'm accustomed to doing and then after game one, it, it kind of felt like a feeling out process where he saw, yeah, I can do all this stuff. And he just started to dominate from that point forward. I just hope, and uh, I've seen a little bit of this floating around Twitter, but 
you know, sometimes these stories uh, over the years continued to build in, in, in what happened and actually went down. And I know it was kind of a weird year for the league and, and perhaps because it's Milwaukee, not enough people will talk about it. But I do think that this story, when you look back at it over the years, is going to become more ridiculous and more ridiculous as you think about it. So I hope it does become one of the uh, incredible NBA Finals moments uh, from, from, from the past. Yeah, I was, you know, I, I forget who who I saw mention it most recently, but it, it's certainly not a unique a question or opinion to have. But I, I saw it when the story came out today, too, with, with more people on Bucks Twitter, just kind of this has to be the most incredible performance in a finals game in NBA history. Like you clinch the NBA championship, you score 50 points doing so. You're as dominant as you were on both ends of the floor. This is, you know, a couple of weeks, 10 to 14 days after we thought your season was over and next season was over. He talked about the pain that he was dealing with, that as you mentioned, all of these things you added up. And can you find a story like this, at least in the last 20 to 25 years? I can't think of one. So uh, it's it just adds to how incredible this is. We know the life story of his that's being made. And this is another thing of, and we're not making this up. This actually happened that you can put in that movie. I wouldn't have bet a single dollar that Giannis was going to come back and play in that playoff series after watching that injury. And by the way, I haven't watched, I can't watch a replay of that shit. That's absolutely insane to me. So I can't watch it. So I wouldn't have even bet that he would have come back. But I probably would bet a dollar on the Bucks tonight against the Chicago Bulls when they uh, play at Fiserv Forum. Now, that's where our friends at betonline.net come into the equation. And it is the time of year where college basketball tournament, uh, people are going wild about this. Yesterday, Justin, I know your Arizona Wildcats had you very much on the edge of your seat. I know for the locals, it was a very tough time with the Wisconsin Badgers. But if you want to look ahead to the Sweet 16 in the tournament, you can find all the odds over at betonline.net. And as far as the Bucks and the Bulls go tomorrow or tonight, whenever you're listening to this podcast, the Bucks. Slight favorites at Fiserv Forum there. We know the Bulls have been slipping a little bit. They'll be on uh, the back end of a back-to-back. But you can check out the odds and props over at betonline.net for that game. It is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all the scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for the sports wagering information you need, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today. Or use your mobile device to learn about the trends in action. That's bet online where the game starts. And uh, I have to mention our friends over at Athletic Greens as well, because look, it can be the time of year. Basketball's ramping up. People are on the couch all day. They're watching the NCAA tournament. But you gotta you gotta take care of your health. And our next partner at Athletic Greens has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because look, I, I'm getting old guys i am getting older and you you have to look after yourself you just can't get away with the stuff you used to get away with when you're younger it's just a it's just a fact so one drink of athletic greens per day one scoop of athletic greens gives you 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help start your day right so i do it in the morning that is uh highly recommended and it contains less than one gram of sugar no gmos no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good as well. And the tasting good part is, uh, is, is the difficult part about all this because most of the time you think healthy stuff doesn't taste good. Not the case with Athletic Greens. And it only costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D 
and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. That's athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So I should mention the Locked On Now podcast as well, Justin, as we keep it rolling here. Make sure you uh, listen to that daily when there's plenty of NBA games on the schedule. It's a perfect way after Locked On Bucks to listen to Locked On Now and you'll get a recap of everything that happened the night before in the NBA. But speaking about the night ahead in the NBA here, now we know Giannis missed the game against Minnesota. The Bucks went down. Probably not the most enjoyable game of the season if you're a Bucks fan. Giannis was out with the knee soreness. He's probable for this game against Chicago. Chris Middleton is out with wrist soreness. Now, uh, of course, you never know, and you have to say this with a little bit of caution, but we have obviously discussed the fact that we think that there are going to be players missing games here and there leading into uh, the stretch run here and into the playoffs. So we'll see whether there's any update there with Chris Middleton, but certainly, hopefully, uh, they're just getting him a little bit extra rest. And everyone's sore at this time of year, so maybe uh, they're taking advantage of uh, this one here. So the Bucks and Bulls will be an interesting game, but... Uh, the guys that have been back in the Bucks lineup, Brooke Lopez and Pat Connor, and Brooke started against Minnesota. Now, of course, that was because uh, Giannis was out. He started alongside uh, Bobby Portis there. He played 20 minutes, so those minutes have slightly been increasing. He had 15 points. Pat had 15 points in his return as well. But the question I have for you, Bobby Portis has been struggling in March. He's averaging 11 points per game, 30% from three. And that's in uh, across 30 minutes per game. Now, we've said this before. I don't think that the minutes total is really going to change too much for Bobby. I think whether he comes off the bench or starts, he's going to be around that 25-minute mark. Again, I do think we think that Brooke hopefully will get up to around 25 minutes a game. That's normally where he is. That's, that's about right for him. So do you think, with Giannis coming back into the lineup, is now the time where they leave Brooke in there and Bobby comes off the bench? I would assume um, we've we've talked about this before, even before uh, Brooke Lopez returned in that, you know, when you were looking and, and searching for ways to juice up the bench, that it, it seemed like the only real option you had. And especially before everybody started to return and George and, and Pat Connaughton as well was moving Bobby Portis to the bench and, and maybe Serge Ibaka uh, starts for this team um, just because then you get that bench production. But now I have a hard time seeing Brooke Lopez start the one game and then go back to the bench and then gradually work his way back in that. I think it was out of necessity with no Giannis on Saturday, but I kind of feel like, well, once he's in there, he's, he's probably in there to stay. So I would assume that he's going to remain in the starting lineup from this point forward. And, and now, you know, all of a sudden the bench has been much better in terms of, the production that they've had recently. And, and I mean, it's no surprise that you get all of these guys back. And Saturday was the, the first game back with Pat Connaughton, which kind of seemed like, you know, for if you're George Hill, it's, hey, I'm here too. That we spent all this time talking about, wow, Brooke, and you understand why, but Brooke Lopez is back finally after five months away. And, um, you know, now uh, Pat Connaughton comes back on Saturday. And, and, oh yeah, George Hill came back in that same game that Brooke did too. But uh, we've seen the bench be much more productive in uh, recent games. I was trying to pull up the uh, the stats spreadsheet that I keep here for Bucks specific statistics, but I know they've been scoring over 30 points uh, a night recently, and that's it doesn't seem like a lot, but it's a team that we had grown accustomed to seeing 
14, 15 points from the second unit. So I think long story short, now that you've put him in the starting lineup out of necessity, he's pretty much going to be there to stay. So I would be, I would be surprised if uh, Bobby Portis is in the starting lineup today and it's not uh, Brooke Lopez against the Bulls. So speaking of George Hill, and he took an early shower in this game against Minnesota, I guess the question I have for you, do you like Pat Bev or uh, are you sick of him? Um, I, um, I don't mind him. He's, um, he's one of the guys that I think you observe from afar and you think like, oh, this is interesting. But then once you see it up close against your team, <laughs> interesting, and- by the way, it's, 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 it's funny. And, and something like that happens, then you have a little bit of annoyance. But um, overall, I find him entertaining. And I, I don't, oh boy, I, I, think, I think a lot of people would probably disagree with this. But I do find him to be pretty authentic, that I don't think it's an act and I don't think it's for show and it's a way to carve out attention of he's the guy that that initiates all of these and is – not afraid to bark back at players. And we saw what he did last week against the Lakers and is getting into it with the Russell Westbrook. I think that's pretty authentically Pat Bev and that's who he is. So um, yeah, interesting is the best way to put him, but I overall, I don't mind him. It was just things like Saturday pop up where if you're the team that's on the other end of it, then it's this guy is so annoying, but for me, no, I'm, I'm fine with him by and large. I think he's genuinely annoying. Like I, I think that like there's guys that talk a little bit and that sort of stuff. And and you know one of my one of my uh, favorite players in the league, Joe Ingles, is known for being a talker around the league, and he's probably a giant pest. And and people think he's annoying to play against. I think Pat Bev is legitimately annoying. Like I think people are just like, can this guy like go away? Because he it's just nonstop. There's no one really like him. I think from the Bucks' point of view, your Bobby Portis is probably the most outgoing guy where he'll show his emotion, but it's not to that level like Bobby Portis generally seems to have the respect of of opposition and that sort of stuff Pat Bev I I don't know I I don't know what uh is going on uh with that guy there but look the Wolves we said it obviously no Yana so I don't read a whole lot into the into the result or lose any sleep over it but uh the Wolves have been rolling but I like the way uh that you broke down uh the Pat Bev situation there but uh, nobody likes when your car breaks down but if they do you should go to rockauto.com because we know you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, if you have a Honda Odyssey, you can get a fuel pump for 350 bucks from your local chain store or you can get it for 216 uh, from rockauto.com. That's a saving of 137 bucks. You can do a lot. With the, with the 137 bucks these days. You can get one beer at Fiserv. No, nah, I was not Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers. They've been doing it for over 20 years. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Uh, just go to rockauto.com. See all those parts that are available for your car or truck. And all we want you to do is write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. One thing that didn't change with this game against the T Wolves was uh, the Bucks at halftime. I, I don't know what they do at halftime, but uh, it, it, the trend continues, and it's really it's been largely a season-long trend. Frank 
tweeted these numbers out, so I'm completely stealing this from Frank on Twitter, but he said the Bucks 7-2 and two in March. They're plus 84 in quarters, 1-2 and 4, minus 48 in the third quarters. And he kind of pointed to the fact, well, at this point, whether it is you know, something physically the Bucks are doing at halftime, I highly doubt that. But whether it's just a mental thing that they can't get themselves going in the third quarter, I don't know. At this point, I think we're just going to have to wait to the postseason and see if anything changes with the intensity, perhaps the lethargy coming out of, of halftime. I, I don't know. I don't really have anything else to add to this. But what I will say is that we did the podcast at the end of last week, and I said, are the Bucks, uh big three doing too much? Are they peaking too early? And a few of the comments now, I will say, I think a few of these comments came through pretty quick, so I don't think they might have listened to the podcast and just went off the headline. But my, my point of saying that is that you're not going to be able to rely on Middleton and Drew Holiday to shoot 50% from three through the entire playoffs. It's not going to happen. At some point, you've got to play defense. You just have to. Otherwise, you're not winning the title. You can forget about it. But the defensive rating by quarter and these numbers I took from uh, Eric Name's uh, story on the defense, which you can go back and check out as well. And this was prior to the Minnesota game. But defensive rating by quarter, 115 in the first quarter, 115 in the second, 120 in the third, 104 in the fourth. So... And I think we've seen this in recent games here where they've really clearly, you just look at it and it's a different team playing defense. They have ramped it up in close games when they needed to against pretty good teams, which makes you think maybe in the postseason they can do it a little more frequently. But we are so close to the postseason now, Justin, that we're just hoping that that's the case. That's all you have is you hope that it's the playoffs that that'll bring that out in them because they, uh, after the Timberwolves game season as a whole, I mean, it, it, yes, it's been even worse in March, but you, you can't really point to a pocket on the schedule and say, well, they were really good uh, from this stretch to this stretch. It's been a, it's something that has come up here and every other show and everybody that's talked about them throughout the duration of the season, that they have just been a really bad third quarter team. And, it's a 118.5 for the total season. They're rating in that quarter defensively. That's dead last in the NBA. And you look at teams that are towards the bottom, the only uh, playoff teams in there are the Bulls and the Brooklyn Nets. And even those teams are near 20. So it's really bad for where the Bucks have been defensively. Their net rating isn't much better in that quarter that they're 24th. And, and I know I talked about it on this show before, but the last, I want to say 25 years, I went back and looked at it, um, that you know, it, part of it is, is you can find a statistic to to tell every story that you want or to back up every point you want. So part of it is you look at this and you say, well, how important is this? It's not great, but is how they perform in the second half as a whole or the fourth quarter, should that be more important than the third quarter? Either way, it's not good. It hasn't been good all year. And where the Bucks rank in rating in the third quarter, in the last 25 years, I think there's only been five teams in the league that have been where the Bucks are or worse in how they've played in third quarters that made the playoffs. And none of those teams won a playoff series. So it's not encouraging in that sense, but you know we've seen this team play much better as the, the level of competition goes up. So that's what you would hang your hat on and say, I guess once you get to the postseason, they're just going to play better in that regard. <laughs> but, you know, you've kind of at, at this point, the third quarter, it, it is what it is. You're not going to all of a sudden jump into, hey, they got a lot better that even if we're looking at the final 11 games of the season, it's still a pretty small sample. You just as you pointed to. All right. 
the playoffs just have to be a different animal for this team that the the regular season is a wash and we were really bad defensively and overall in the third quarter the playoffs just have to be different well if you want an overall perspective of what's going on in the nba check out the locked on nba podcast the national podcast on the network of course after you're done with locked on bucks but as you discuss that and i'm sure they'll be talking about it on the locked on nba podcast today the sixes and the heat are playing and look we've seen all sorts of shenanigans and people have questioned what's going on with philadelphia are they starting to just rest plays they lost uh, yesterday to toronto i, I think we know what's going on with philadelphia you don't have to be that diplomatic with it well today uh, as we're recording it's half time they they are up on miami but we'll see it feels like that's a game they'll probably lose in the second half there the bucks currently in second seed half a game up on philadelphia uh, and the Celtics are obviously the team to watch here. I mean, they are finishing with a flash. They're only half a game behind the Bucks there as well. So anything from second seed through to fourth seed is in play here for the Bucks. I don't think they can slip to fifth. I don't think that they'll get first, but second, third, or fourth seed is in play. And look, uh, let's be honest. If if you want to be out there and say that the Bucks, I mean, the, the Sixers are resting players for matchups. Well, Giannis didn't play against Minnesota. Chris Middleton's not playing tomorrow against Chicago. So I don't think that the Bucks are dodging anyone. But this is the end of year shenanigans. And this is why last week when I said I don't think the Bucks can get to first, there was a bit of pushback in the YouTube comments. But the one thing you can't rely on in the last week of the regular season is player avail- availability. Yeah, I, um, I've i kind of maintained all along too. I, I don't think the Bucks will get to one that Miami doesn't have a fairly difficult schedule. And I just don't see the Bucks or any team for that matter, catching them I, I, at this point. The only team that you would say they might be able to catch them is the Boston Celtics that all of a sudden, you know, here they come, as you mentioned, a half game back of the Bucks, and you can't rule out Boston finishing second. I, I agree. And I, I kind of thought all along, it's going to be either the Celtics or the Bucks that finish second in the East and the Heat are going to be the team that finishes first. Philadelphia wants no part of the two seed because they know there's a pretty good chance you're playing the Brooklyn Nets. And we saw what happened the first time that they, they played since the trade. They don't want that. And we've seen traditionally teams that I don't know if you want to say duck opponents, or you try to play with the basketball gods and set the standings yourself. It doesn't really work out well for you. I mean, think about the bucks last year when they had a chance to do something similar and, they took the team vote and said, no, let's, let's play to win. We don't care who we get. And, you know, it's it's kind of – I remember last year the conversation of, man, the Bucks are making this really hard on themselves, getting the heat in the first round. You know, it boils down to if you're afraid of your first-round matchup and if you think, man, this is going to be tough, you're not going to win the title. Like, if, if you're that concerned right away, you got to go through more than that. So if that's already your concern, then I would have concerns about that team. So – I don't know that this really uh, bodes well for Philadelphia. I I think we know enough to know they are trying to avoid the two seed that not just what they're doing now of Joel Embiid now playing on night two of a back-to-back. And you can say, well, why wouldn't you have played? I I get that, but why wouldn't you play him against the Heat tonight and sit him against the Toronto Raptors? Uh, A couple of weeks ago, they did the same thing against the Miami Heat where James Harden just all of a sudden appeared on the injury report and sat. So, They are clearly trying to avoid that. And, you know, I would just say it's when you do things like that, you you think you know how it's going to work out, and then other things start to happen where the Boston Celtics just go on a tear and they finish second. Or maybe the Chicago Bulls slip down to the seventh seed and the play-in tournament is the Bulls versus the Nets. 
And then how much does that change everything where all of a sudden maybe the Nets lose and they're the eight seed. So we're not going to know who's going to finish where uh, other than I think Miami finishing first. We're not going to know any of that and what the matchups are going to be probably until that final week of the regular season, because this Eastern conference, it's been crazy how compact and jammed up it's been all season. And it hasn't really changed other than a little bit of separation between some of those tiers of teams. It's still, you know, as you look at the standings, it's still a couple of games that seemingly separate every tier of teams. The box of the champs, they got no reason to uh, be running away from any team. That's the way I see it. I understand why Philadelphia would do it. They've done nothing. They haven't got out of the second round uh, through this entire process. So we'll see what happens here over the last couple of weeks. And we'll see what happens with Bucks and Bulls. We'll be back after the game. Uh, no Chris Milton, as we mentioned. Hopefully Giannis will be there. Uh, but today, shall just be thankful for the miracle that is Giannis and what he was able to do last postseason. Uh, we'll be back after the game. Frank will be here. We'll wrap it up. Uh, we'll catch you guys then.